Tiff is causing strife. Brooke is rushing everywhere. Finn just wants ice cream. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new but avid fans of the show. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael LeFevre. And today we're reviewing 3-7 Deadlines and Date Books by Leah Gardner, episode 36 on our return to Gilead. Let's be real here, Ryan. It was actually Freddy Falstaff. Finn just wants meat. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. But that's just a theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Freddy Falstaff only appears in four episodes. Right. Right. Well, technically, what what if fan theory, he is in all of them. We just don't know it. <laughs> Let's uh, read the summary. I want to continue on this thread of fan theory, but you, you can do that, I suppose. We have a time limit, Ryan. We have to stick to it. Um, anyway. Yeah, okay, okay. After Lauren takes an unflattering, humorous photo of Grace for her first advice column, the Richters see another opportunity to tarnish Grace's reputation. Meanwhile, Brooke has a busy schedule and can't make time to spend with her family and friends. So I've got a um I've got a, a problem with this episode. Ooh, please speak. On the one half, I love, love Brooke's side of it. I think there's a conversation with Becca that's weird. And I don't know how to put it, but overall I, I like Brooke's stuff. On the other hand, I have no idea what Tiffany's plan and by extension the Richter's plan had to do with Anything they were trying to get accomplished in this in the season. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, okay. So here's my theory: is they don't want to come off as anti-grace, but if they can push public sentiment to be anti-dog or something, it's what? just enough of association against grace that grace comes out stifled in some manner without the Richters losing public favor. But that's the problem is that Tiffany then prints a retraction in the column about Grace. So the association there is going to be really strong toward, oh, this was made to tarnish Grace's reputation, not affect Finn's reputation. Somebody who sees that thinks, oh, I don't believe Tiffany. I would say she did that, did that on purpose. So if the if the Richters had foresight, I would think that they would think that, right? Or do you think that people but seeing the retraction don't. would just... Oh, really? Because they're dumb. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would say give the people of color rain a lot. Or you mean the Richters are dumb? No, yeah, I'm saying the Richters are dumb. <laughs> yeah, it just it seems like a break in the, the logic from Power Play that we saw where they were that, that's talking That's fair. About, yeah. it, it does feel like... They had a strategy and they kind of abandoned it here for, for like a quick red herring. Yeah. It seems like something they would have done back last season. So I don't really know where that's coming from. That kind of bugs me. Especially because that's the the main that's the main conflict in that part that half of the storyline. And that half of the storyline ties into the overall storyline. Sure. I will say, as far as the tone for everything, I really liked kind of the deep kind of riveting dramatic music Ooh, score yeah. that went along with this like as despite it being like what is your motivation here <laughs> it's still kind of gripping yeah it, it's fun to see how tiffany's executing her plan and going about it and being devious that's all cool especially given the context that monica's also in on it that adds to the suspense where you have everybody, everything has just lined up for Tiffany and she's, you're at the audience, you're saying, oh, come on, why are you doing that? No, pick picture 15. No, don't pick the other one. So it, it is a really good framing as far as the drama goes. Yeah, I think it definitely like serves 
the story as far as Justin and Lauren's side of it and them getting to have their conversation later and figure out how does this tie in? But yeah, I agree. It's definitely like a little confusing as far as motivations for the Richters. Yeah. So furthermore, there's something that is extremely irrational here that I I don't know why this is being played up. So Lauren has her pictures and she takes the picture of Finn and Grace and it's it's a it's a nice photo shoot. It's a great conversation between the two of them. I I love Grace and Lauren. Yeah. They, their interaction is good. So And Freddie in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so just <laughs> full disclosure, it, it, they say it's the ice cream man who knows if it's Freddie or not. <laughs> but we think it is. So, I, we we know we all know it's Freddie. I was studying philosophy on what actually is knowledge. Can you really know something? And since I don't have a fact that it's Freddy, it is my strong opinion that it is Freddy. Exactly. Therefore, I know. So anyway. sounds factual. (laughs) So in the second scene, Lauren lays out the pictures that she's taken of Grace. And one of the pictures is just a funny picture that she had taken the previous one where she thought, that's, that's funny. And she presents it with the pretty much with the context that this is this is just a joke. Then Tiffany picks it up and saying, "Oh, this picture is awful. The lighting is off, and the and the the framing or whatever." Then she talks about that picture to her mom about how terrible that one picture was. I'm like, "Come on, the picture was a joke. It was intentionally bad. Why is Tiffany? Tiffany doesn't even realize the significance of this picture to the Richter's plans. So why would she even be talking about it with her parents? Is she just that upset about a joke picture that was intentionally bad?" Maybe she's kind of the type to complain about the things that she complains about. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it comes across really weird. I'll say that. But kind of contrived. Yes. I don't even think it needed to be there. I think if you made Lauren more of a rookie cameraman or a camera person and said, have her say, hey, I think this one turned out really well. And have her kind of have a little bit of a spat with Tiffany, like, well, Tiffany, you would know what a good picture looks like. Maybe sarcastic. And then have Tiffany say that. Can you believe it? The picture wasn't even that good. I think that would have made for a better conflict right there. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So while I'm looking through my notes, there's a little line where Caleb's walking through after the Richters are having that conversation. And he's talking about the job and says, it's it's fine, other than the fact that I have to listen to Luke Taylor all day long. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you poor boy. His melodious tones. <laughs> Yeah, but then the scene later on where Caleb is handing out the paper is really, really funny, where he says, this is probably the best issue of the quarterly since the last one came out. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. So before we move away from that side of the storyline, do you want to listen to the clip of the day? I do. You trusted Tiffany to do her half of the work, and the rest was her responsibility. You cannot control what she does. I want to. But you can't follow her around 24 hours a day, can you? No. Unfortunately, you can't stop every bad thing from happening. But we have to remember that God isn't surprised by the bad things that do happen. Like what Tiffany did? Yeah, right. The only thing you can control is what you do. So I mentioned philosophy a second ago. This actually ties into Stoicism, which is a, a philosophy which, when taken too far, cuts out pretty much all emotion from your life. It's not really that great because there are a lot of emotions that you have that are natural reactions to things that are helpful in relationships or conversations. Uh, But stoicism has its merits when it focuses on there are certain things in life that you can't control, so you don't have to be upset about that. And then faith and Christianity comes into play when you give those things over to God. 
And I think that's what really well represented here, because in as much as these are these are children, if there was something illegal going on or something really serious that Justin knew about, yes, he'd have to report that. But it's the same for children and adults. If somebody is responsible and if somebody does something that is it's not great, you aren't always responsible for that person. In fact, you're not often responsible for what that person does, even though it might affect you. And even though you could have stopped it, it's the trolley problem, Brian, <laughs> even though you could have stopped oh, no. it, you don't have to have been the one who stepped in there and stopped it. Tiffany still did what she did because she took the responsibility on herself right. and she caused the problem. It's not like she was inert and could have done anything. And then Justin caused her to do it. That's something with some of my friends where they've sometimes somebody will say something where I'm like, I, I don't know if I agree with that or no, that's the best decision you could be making. And then I have to come to the point where I'm like, you know what? This is this is their life. These are their decisions. I, I can't affect what they do. Yeah, we hear it with Justin. It's he kind of he wants to control the situation. And I think that's an easy thing to fall into is sort of an idol of control that you want to be able to make everything have a good outcome. Mm-hmm. And that has semi-good roots because it shows that we are made in God's image and that there's sort of a growing pain, a labor pain of like just you feel this discontent in your soul when you see that things aren't good, things aren't right with the world. And that's because creation is groaning (laughs) and that you are part of that creation that is groaning. You want that to stop, but there's a lot of it that you can't control. And that's where the corrupt sin nature wants to take control and force people to do what they should. But what is good and right and godly is to give over that control to God and allow him to work in people's lives and for people to like when they are responsible for something, they end up bearing the consequences of that. You can't force them to be good any more than God forces us to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And in this scenario, I think it worked out a lot better that Tiffany was able to do what she wanted to do because we don't end up hearing in the episode of any of the negative repercussions of what happened with the paper. But we do hear one thing where Tiffany looks really, really stupid and has to write the retraction. And so she actually, I think she learns from that mistake when given the power to do that and nobody stopped her. She did it the best way that she could. And it failed. Like that's that's got to be yeah. a humbling thing for her somewhere. For sure. That's a message that I really appreciated in this episode. As weird as the storyline might have been, and as much as I don't think it ties into the other storyline, how yeah, it sort of, sort of it sort of does. I can how? I can explain it. I can explain it. So <laughs> oh, oh your responsibility. Sto- oh, because Mary says this is your schedule. It's your calendar. No, no, oh. no. So it's time management and focus. So with Brooke, she talks about like, there are plenty of things you can invest your time in, but you don't need to invest your time into all of them. Like there's some things that warrant your attention more than others and you need to prioritize. It's sort of the general message that Brooke learns. It's the same thing with Tiffany is that Justin can only control so much. Devoting his time and attention and emotion to being frustrated over Tiffany is a poor stewardship of his time. Okay. That's that's the joining thread. I was talking about the line at the end when Mary's talking about making time for other people, and she says, if you want to make more time for Becca, then do it. It's your calendar. This is within your responsibility to determine what do you want to spend your time on. But that is what you were talking about, right, with, uh, with yes. Brooke? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So if you want to pivot to that side of the discussion, shall we talk about how how I feel totally called out by this episode? <laughs> oh, let's. oh, it's it's sad because I heard this episode last year back in I don't know September October when I was listening through Gilead, and this did you th- feel called out back then too? No, but it foreshadowed what was going to happen this semester. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because th- there were several times when I would make lunch plans with somebody or breakfast plans and then just totally miss it and be like, oh no, I'm so sorry. But I was being productive. I was getting work done, and I was doing a really great job at it too. But my problem with this episode is that while it does a great job at showing, I think it does a good job at showing how tired Brooke is and how many things she's letting slip. I think Becca kind of overreacted. I think a couple people overreacted to the way that Brooke was handling things. I, I think they had a right reaction in telling her you're you're overextending yourself. You need to stop. But Becca shows up at the Morrisons and she is not doing well. She's being really cold toward Brooke. And then when she leaves, she says to Mrs. Morrison, thanks for talking. It really meant a lot. You mean you were feeling insecure and unloved by the fact that Brooke forgot something? Like, it was an honest mistake. I and think... also, you did the same thing to her. I think it helps to fit in the context of Becca's situation. Okay. Because uh, I think you said at some point in recent episode, like, n- people are not always rational. <laughs> It but always like, rational. For, yeah. for Becca, one, she's got the baggage of like her mother and all that stuff and whatever other issues she might be facing. And if she went in to this conversation or into this meetup with Brooke with the expectation, I'm going to be able to talk through my feelings and then Brooke isn't there for her. It's more than just, oh, she forgot. And that's not a big deal. Like people forget. It's more she forgot something of this severity or she forgot me in my biggest time of need, hmm. Hmm. Um, okay. which makes it makes it more heavy. OK, it, was this her biggest time of need, though? Like, we don't know, though. I think you could assume it from her reaction. Mm-hmm. But that that's my best guess. Oh, maybe it was that she called up Brooke on the phone to say, hey, can, when can we meet up? Maybe she was really anticipating it. Sure. It, it's still not a great thing that Brooke did. No. But coming from a person who's done that a lot, it's not great. But people people understand. They get it. And I I think that the bigger issue was Brooke's focus of focusing on all these extracurriculars. Luke uh, left cross country because he was working at the store. And that's that made me sad to hear. But hey, he's got to he's got to get his work done. But with all the stuff that Brooke's doing and then hearing the little bits of her not hanging out with her family and not making time to go to the the diary of Anne Frank with her mom, which really hit me because uh-huh. there have been a lot of times when my parents have said, hey, let's schedule this. And I've just been so distracted with other things that I've never actually done it. And then the thing comes and passes. And I'm like, oh, I want to, to do that. It's really disappointing. That is sad. And when Brooke says, I'm sorry, I didn't go to the play with you. She's more talking about herself. Like, I wish I could have gone to the play with you. It It's really, really relatable. So that that part of the writing... I really appreciate. And also Mary's thing about if you have this many responsibilities that you're prioritizing these over your family, which you are doing, then you need to cut back on some things. And then Haley's comment about when Brooke says, I'm sorry, I've been such a jerk. And Haley says, you really have been. (laughs) Like, I haven't seen how (laughs) great acting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I haven't seen how Brooke has been because it's all been unintentional, but 
because it's unintentional, I think it's a lot more poignant. Yeah. Those are my thoughts in general. Do you have anything else about the whole time management thing? No, I think it's a like this step. This episode's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of plot that happened in this episode, but we got a little bit of the Richters that are just, eeh, that is uh, really, really over the top. We got some of Grace, and I, I really like that conversation. Oh, there was one final thing here that I wanted to mention. So I don't know if you got this feeling at all, but in the final conversation, one of the final conversations between Grace and Lauren and Justin when they show up with the paper, it feels like Grace was written into the script after Lauren had already recorded her lines. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, because Lauren never, I don't think she ever directs a line towards Grace. I might be wrong about that. Huh, that's very interesting. There are several lines where she talks about Grace like she's not there. So I'll have to re-listen to that. I didn't catch that, but I could definitely see it being the case like not that i don't trust you like that's very interesting (laughs) no yeah and and then one other little thing is that when when tiffany says that she's going to take over the layout from justin and then i think she does because then mrs gray or ms gray says wow great job on the layout tiffany and apparently she did a good job so i I guess she's actually good at some things oh that's that's a that's nice to hear (laughs) nice to know (laughs) nice to hope she's contributing something if I ever need layouts, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go to Tiffany and, and or Justin, but no. Who am I kidding? I'm just going to go to Justin. All right, but Anyway, yeah, I like this episode. Yeah. Shall we wrap this thing up? Like a Christmas tree. You don't wrap up Christmas trees. You wrap up presents and put them underneath the Christmas tree. That's true. This was a bit shorter of a Gilead episode if my timings worked out right, but that's fine. Just like the, I think just like boring, we we weren't too negative on that one. There there just wasn't a ton of, of substance to it or a ton of notes that we had for it. Oh, okay. How can people get to get in contact with us? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you're listening right now and you would love to get in contact with us, please do. We love getting feedback. We love hearing from you guys. The reason we're doing this is partly because we want to revisit these episodes for ourselves and see what we thought about them, but we also want to bring out stuff for you guys that you can find impactful or you can find uh, affects your lives in different ways because that's what that's what we find about this. So if there's any anything in these episodes that stood out to you, you can leave us a voice message by going to anchor.fm slash return to Gilead. Or you can find us on Facebook on the Down Gilead Lane fan page. There will be a link to that also on Anchor.fm. And if you uh, have any ideas, I'm trying to come up with a design for a t-shirt about Timmy and how cute he is and how fun of a character he is, because we love Timmy. So if if you have any t-shirt design ideas, leave those in the voice message too. Anyway, next time we're going to be taking a more serious track, hopefully. Maybe the energy will be dropped in the recording by then, but... We're going to be talking about beauty and the beast within. It'll be a really interesting discussion on the podcast. I'm interested to see how it ends up. Yes. Yes, it will. In the meantime, I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time as we once again return to Gilead. If you're a graphic designer, leave your graphic design in the voice message, too. Ooh, yeah. How do you yeah, leave a graphic like, design in a voice message? So you, like, transcode it <laughs> so that it shows up in the spectral waveform of the audio? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> please do that. If someone sends us something and it's please just garbled, I'm running. That would be amazing. <laughs>